Podcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dubak Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews, with your host TJ Bowser and Jared Bachman Stubbs. and welcome to episode 29 of the Two Back Discussion Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is... The Dark Jedi, Jared Bachman Stubbs. Hello. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. And Dan the Man. <laughs> What's it going on? <laughs> And from the Bantha Babble podcast, Logan LeBeck. the Rope. <laughs> that was a Bantha. So, uh, we are 210 days out from Star Wars Celebration. Dan, make your kids shut up. Star Wars Episode Nine is 464 days away. And let's talk about each other's weeks. Jared? Uh, my week's been pretty solid. Audition for a play. You know, that, that was what about play? my thing. And then... Uh, what point? A stage, a stage adaptation of The Breakfast Club. Oh yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't. It's up in the air. Who knows what happens from here? But fingers crossed, things work out. And uh, I leave on Thursday to go to Washington D.C. for my uncle's wedding, which is awesome because he works for NPR. So I get to meet all my like favorite podcast hosts <laughs> now, and I am like super pumped for that because i am a slut for it's been a minute with sam sam <laughs> hello hello there jared is this died. is this on is this on are, are people there hello <laughs> i think jared hello. died jared yeah you stopped yes uh, yeah that was about it oh yeah, that was the end of the story what about yeah, you dan uh, was- story time dan uh what about your week uh, it's actually been relatively uneventful, uh, other than uh, just doing some minor crap over at my mom's and uh, watching Solo. It's really about all I've accomplished. Uh, Joke the Rogue. My week's been pretty good. Just came back from a camping trip this weekend and also got signed up. Well, I applied for Western Oregon University, the college I want to go to, and I applied for a $16,000 scholarship this week. So it's been pretty stressful that's why bantha hasn't been up in the last couple weeks but bantha will be up this uh weekend and it's gonna be a great episode always is buddy always is you're goddamn right it always is remember what happened the last time i was on bantha god damn it (laughs) (laughs) shit yeah you guys you guys botched the verdict on Django versus boba that's what oh Oh, don't even Boy. <laughs> Don't even get me started. This is do back, okay? Do back. Let's get him started, okay? We got some time. Let's get him started. Are All you right. sure we have time? Let's do this. Show notes? Yep, let's do this. Okay. okay. Django versus Boba. Jared versus Boba. Logan. Boba. Django Fett. Boba is Fett. A superior tact- he's a superior tactician. He has more experience with the equipment he's working with. He just needs to get his head in the game. Smarter. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to Max Rebo doing. Hey, all I'm saying is one went into a butthole in the sand, one got his head cut off. All I'm saying is really tactician. I mean, he. he, One would have seen the lightsaber coming. Yeah, he did. He tries to use his jetpack, but he didn't realize his jetpack was busted. Yeah, yeah technician, well, totally. Yeah, see, technician or tactician would have paid attention to that. Yeah. Also, okay. Boba Fett has learned everything that Jingle Fett knows as, you know, he's pretty much an identical twin. And also, I'm pretty sure his father would have taught him everything. As you can tell in the Clone Wars, when he's using different tactics, also uses his father's blasters and some of his gear. So, thank you very much. Also, okay. he learned some different bounty hunters, such as Orisine and Bosk. 
You know, he's learning from them. He also has like the same endurance, like pretty much same. He literally has the same DNA as Django. So he's actually DNA, pretty good. The same DNA doesn't make him like a carbon copy, though. Like, it does. Look at clone troopers. Genetically, genetically, yeah. it does. But in but terms the clone of the troopers went through the same happen. training. Clone troopers went through the same training. Boba did not. Yeah, Boba went through to... some of that training, but because his dad died so early on in his life, he got trained like basically self-taught. I mean that and fucking just, you know, he learned he learned a lot though. Stuff. You could tell in the Clone Wars when he's like shoot when he's on the ship like as kind of like a spy pretending to be like the actual clones. He like shoots every single one of those like discs out of the sky like first try. Like he was like yeah, the goat. So he clearly yeah. has learned stuff from his father, and he has also learned stuff from other bounty hunters, such as Bosk and Aura Singh. He also knows he's a really good bounty hunter because you know he has a slave one, and then he also captures Han Solo. That's a big one. And I'm pretty sure like Whoa! he finds Luke Skywalker. Technically they both had he the didn't slave do one. Shit. He didn't do yes. shit with capturing Han. Lando no. stabbed him he in the He just collected it. He collected <laughs> Han. He did not he did not but capture do see, Han. Do you see how Boba far he traveled? He traveled him all the way to Bespin. Okay, cool. He tracked he him. Has a ship. His, I don't know what his he ability is. Exactly, he knew exactly what his tactics were. He knew Han Solo was gonna try to like hide like on the back of the ship or whatever. So then Boba Fett was smart and hid in the garbage stuff. And then after like he saw the Millennium Falcon, he just Yeah, you know who he learned that trick from? Fucking Obi-Wan. That's not a learned skill from his father that puts them on equal playing field. (laughs) Obi-Wan did that in Attack of the Clones. Lucas even said in the audio commentary, that's why he he did that in Attack of the Clones. He's like, yeah, that's where Boba Fett learned that little trick. Boba Fett just kind of picks up shit as he goes. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that proves he's pretty good because of the experience that he's seen. So he's he actually learns like, from mistakes he, of others and himself. Yeah, he adapts. So he's learned a lot, and you know, he's learned a lot from his years of life with his dad being one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy. Also, he, I guess, he killed Cad Bane. We don't really know because the unfinished episode. No, but that is canon. He he bodied Cad Bane. Okay, see, he killed Cad Bane in a duel. Okay, but that's not really good credit towards Boba because they both got shot. Still, he killed him. Did he? Only not? difference was only difference. Boba was smart enough to wear a helmet, <laughs> like, and that's just because he wants to pay tribute to his dad. Like, that's why Boba has a dent in his helmet because Cad Bane shot him in the fucking head. True, but still, like, I believe that Boba Fett is the superior bounty hunter. Learning from Cad Bane as well, because you can see in the unfinished episodes, he learns a lot from him. Because Cad Bane is literally teaching Boba how to be a good bounty hunter, the same as how Jango Fett was, so he, so uh, Cad Bane can learn if he was better than Jango Fett. Because they were the two most like best bounty hunters in the galaxy at the time. He just never had a chance to duel him. You two need to box this out. Here's my. You, you, you just need to get them together and just let them beat the shit out of each other. In Mandalorian armor. <laughs> but like, here, here's my thing. Boba Fett is like a smash and grab type guy, where like Django, his whole skill set is complementary to itself. His equipment and the way he handles himself in combat. It's like the same equipment. Because <laughs> it is the same Not equipment. Really. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, like really. It, it, darts, the, the blaster pistols. Boba Fett has literally all of that. He only uses like the EE3 because he just thinks it's better. He also used, right. he, he used the pistols for a long time. I'm going to put a video in the do-back chat later. Oh, God. Here we and go. And I want you to watch it, and then you're going to see what I'm talking about. Okay. So we're going to put a pin in this, but... This will, this will go on forever until I prove you wrong. And it'll be <laughs> oh, the nerve! The nerve! Okay, can we get to the first topic? Hold on. You know what time it is. You might want to buckle up, baby. <laughs> so, guys, uh, in the news today, our first topic, I guess Logan can take this away since he is such a mall fanboy. So. Okay. So, Wait, who's reporting this? 
uh, TJ Bowser. Ooh. That's sexy. Bitch. article on the Do Bad Discussion Network website. Read it for us, baby. You check it out. So, Star- Solo, a Star Wars story came out earlier this year. It was jam packed full of fan service and lore. As we all know by now, there was a surprise for us at the end of the film. The tattooed Zabrak from Death the Mirror made his glorious live action return. The mere sight of him brought tears of wonder's joy to our eyes. With the upcoming home release of Solo Star Wars Story approaching, we have received a few images of Ray Park in his Maul costume with robotic legs. We first got to see Darth Maul and the Phantom Menace as the primary antagonist, but he was later cut in half by the great Obi-Wan Kenobi in the last act of the movie. If you watch the Clone Wars or Rebels animated series, you will know that Maul made a return with some badass robot legs. I have come to find out that when Phil Lord and Chris Miller got fired, they hired Ron Howard and he called Ray Park about returning as Maul. I found out last June slash July when we were in Guatemala. I got the phone call from Lynn Hale from Lucasfilm and it was really nice of her because she said to me, Ray, we're just calling to see if you would like to do it. And I went and Hale slowly, yeah, <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you want me on the plane now? Park filmed all of his scenes in October near the end of near the end of production of Solo. Ray Park was initially a choreographer in The Phantom Menace and had access to the script. It was definitely different this time because he only had to record a few speaking lines and a couple of sheets of what he was going on beforehand. And then what was hap- and then what was happening? And it was pretty cool because Sam Witwer did the voice and it was different process because it was a different process for Ray. And it was because the voice and the acting as well. So Ray really enjoyed that experience. And Ray was very happy about his new lightsaber, even though he only ignites it. But from what we see here in these pictures, he probably could have been in a couple scenes where he's actually fighting. Right. I would actually really I would really like to see like Darth Maul go up against Han Solo and then Han Solo almost beating him, which would explain why uh and a new hope Han Solo would be like, oh, it's just a whole bunch of gibberish and it's not even real because he almost defeated a force user quote unquote uh, force user. i don't know i don't think darth i don't think i don't think darth maul would lose to han but i feel like but i don't know something it would be way too contrived to create a situation where han like is able to get away with maul with him not just shit whipping him with force yeah like, true that like that's the issue with doing anything with han solo for a new hope is he cannot experience anything to do with the Force. Cannot be in the room for the Force. Because if he is, then he can't be like, oh, the hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster on your side. Like, he can't be all cynical and shit. He's like, oh yeah, there was this one time there was this scary-ass red guy who, like, picked me up with his fucking brain and threw me into the wall. But, yeah, I guess. But like, I would like to see Darth Maul do something at least. Maybe have him like, I don't know, a, like go against Kira or something in a fight. Or... Okay. This is my elevator pitch because I have been thinking about this since Solo. Okay, you ready? Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So you can do like, and you can either do this as a Vader movie. Or as a mall movie. We don't need a Vader oh. movie. We got six movies of Vader. Okay. Well, six. <laughs> whatever, however you want to frame it, and whoever you want to make this the focus, the focal point of this, it works either way. The Empire finds out about who Crimson Dawn is really being run. Palpatine sends Vader out. He's like, "Hey, it's Maul. Go light him up." Because by the time Rebels happens, Crimson Dawn is no longer a thing. True. Maul's trapped on on Malachor. Kira is nowhere to be found. And Maul, with confidence, says that he cannot take on Darth Vader. True. So you can have the whole movie revolve around Vader and like the 501st going hog wild on Crimson Dawn. And the climax of the movie can be Vader and Maul going head to head. And then Darth Maul barely, like barely escaping with his life. By the skin of his teeth, 
crash lands on Malachor, and have Kira be the one to trap him there. Huh. So she gets a full arc of getting to take her life back from Maul. Because in the novelization, we'll get into that later, a huge part of Kira's arc as a character is her feeling enslaved and feeling trapped. And like that could be the ultimate way to finish her arc off is to have her stab Maul in the back and leave him for dead on the True. That is, that is my elevator pitch. If you if I'm in if I'm stuck in an elevator with Kathleen Kennedy, that is what I am telling her to. Because A, it's just awesome all across the board. And B, we get the chance to have Maul and Vader in canon on the big screen fight. Like, yes. 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 And also, and also, yeah, I, I really agree with you right here. And also, I believe like we should have it because they're like they said in episode nine, they're pretty much going to connect everything into one movie. Like the Clone Wars, the prequels, the like, you know, the original trilogy, everything is going to be together. And that could include Solo, which would bring in Kira leading the Crimson Dawn. Because maybe she escapes with a few members of the Crimson Dawn after Darth Vader comes along, and then she just escapes with the flea after dropping off Darth Maul. Yeah. You know, like perhaps like what I kind of had in mind was like, you know, Kira finds some way to just kind of leave Maul behind on the planet and take the ship and bolt. You yeah. know, and then if you, she did it that way, it would kind of mirror what she did to Dryden Boss. Yeah. True. True. Yeah, well, that's my elevator pitch. That's how you get more sexy action with her in that yeah. new outfit. Also, if they do not add that to Battlefront 2, I am going to lose my shit. Oh, the skin? Is Darth Maul yes. skin right here? Yeah, yes. dude. That yes. would be awesome, dude. That would be lit. I, I will show out the credits again. All I want to know is how much did Kleenex stock go up when Logan saw those pictures? <laughs> <laughs> fucking true. Dude, fucking 80. Like, they're just fucking awesome. I can just see this Darth Maul fighting Darth Vader. It'll be like the best freaking battle in cinematic history. <laughs> cinematic history. Uh, in cinematic history, that's a lot to say. It is a fucking lot to say, but goddamn right, I'm fucking correct. So put uh, a pin in that one. I yeah, think that, that, that's enough uh, that solo talk here. Well, with Darth Maul for now, but uh. Who wants to talk about the uh, Rose City Comic Con Timothy Zahn panel that Logan should have been at? Fuck uh, <laughs> If someone had came to Oregon, and you know, we could have done it like you did at Steel Next City. Next year. Next year. Next year, okay. Can I stay with your mom? No. <laughs> You're going to be staying in the fucking hotel or fucking field, bro. Logan, oh my god! I'm getting a picture with your mom before I leave. Just saying. Fuck you. It's going to be my profile <laughs> picture forever. He just wants to put it on a t-shirt. That's all he needs the picture for. Probably. Logan's mom's t-shirts will be literally the highest selling one we have. Hashtag I hung out with Logan's mom. <laughs> And on the back, it'll say, Logan said no. (laughs) (laughs) But his mommy said yes. Nope. And now you're Logan's new daddy. Hashtag hashtag maybe. Mm. What the fuck? No, dog. Okay, uh, Dan, do you want to talk about Timothy Zahn? Dan? Who? Who? Really? You're going to make me talk about Timothy Zahn? Jared, talk about Timothy yeah. Zahn. <laughs> I'll talk about Timothy Zahn. I was all about the solo uh, deleted scenes. I already had it pulled up and everything. So, uh, I'm just going to read here from the Star Wars Newsnet article on it. Um, Zahn had a panel at Rose City Comic Con, and uh, they were covering it, obviously. And Timothy Zahn had some interesting things to say. Uh, talking a lot about the uh, legends and canon stuff along with the moderator. Uh, and he 
was lamenting on Disney hitting the reset button on the legends and kind of rebooting the franchise. Um, but he was very diplomatic in talking about it and has kind of reconciled any concerns he had about it. And he joked that Disney would overtake 200 years to bring the old legends material to the big screen. And that it wouldn't have been fair to the new creators who wanted to expand the saga to be bound by those stories, which I totally agree with. Um, uh, he thinks his le- the basically he thinks of the legends continuity as stories you hear around the campfires night as a kid. You don't really know if there's any truth to them having actually occurred, but they're fantastic stories, and there's always a possibility they really did happen. Um, and he's kind of thinking of like the legends canon being the folklore in universe for the canon. Um. And he was basically saying what any sensible person would be saying about this, which is just because those stories aren't canon doesn't mean they're not still amazing. Um, and that he, you can't take the stories away from the fans and the importance that they hold. Um, and he could, and that they could have just discontinued them and stopped printing them and stopped producing them. Um, but that's not what they've done at all. Uh, they've, you know, kept them coming out. They just have that Legends banner on there. Um, with regards to Thrawn, his baby, uh, he said that he makes no distinction between Legends and canon Thrawn, basically saying that they're pretty much the same person, even though one is canon and not. Just different time frames said, that they appear in. Yeah. And he said that for some high, highly unlikely reason, his legend stories were to become canon. It would not affect canonical throne stories he's written. Uh, Timothy Zahn seemed to have a good outlook about it and genuinely seemed excited about writing Star Wars. Um, he also went on to talk about his work with the Star Wars Story Group and Pablo Hidalgo. Um, you know, he, uh, he um, was speaking very highly of the Story Group. And it serves as like another layer of editorial help when he finished the first drafts or uh, recent thoughts. Um, they help preserve, resolve continuity issues uh, so that he and uh, other authors and other creators um, can just focus on their stories, which is good because, again, in Legends, continuity errors were abundant. Um, you know, if you just look at the Clone Wars multimedia project, Depending mm-hmm. on what you were reading, like eight different characters had like three different lightsaber colors. Yes. Stuff like that. You know, it's little, but it's frustrating and it makes stuff confusing. Um, he said that the story group was very fair and always presents options. And then he got the sense that they work hard for the author's creative license. And one of the more interesting things he said about the story group was that a filmmaker can override anything in the Star Wars universe. Um, the story group will then take what appears on film and figure out how it fits with a very democratic process and not nearly as secretive or author- authoritarian as a lot of the fans have uh, thought. Um, which is good. It's nice to know that they're very like, oh yeah, we'll find a way to work it in. Um, one of the most entertaining parts of the panel was when uh, Timothy Zahn described how he found out Dave Filoni was bringing Thrawn back in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zahn said when he found out about the reset of the canon, he and his agent both contacted Lucasfilm to express his interest in writing more Star Wars novels. They didn't hear much back until out of the blue he was invited to San Francisco to meet the story group. As the meeting grew closer, he got more details that not only would it be a lengthy meeting, but Dave Filoni and a film crew would Zahn wasn't sure what to expect, and it wasn't until he got into the room at Lucasfilm at a table with everyone seated that Dave Filoni announced they were going to make Thrawn a major villain in Rebel Season 3. I can't do the story justice here because Mr. Zahn is a very funny and well-spoken person, the article says, and it was a riot to hear how in the dark he was how in the dark he was until Filoni Zahn couldn't say anything for eight months. Only he and his family knew, and he reassured everyone that the, those non-disclosure agreements are just as consequential as they have been rumored to be. Zahn said that he and his family watched 
the live stream of Dave Filoni revealing Thrawn at Star Wars Celebration and the overwhelming response of joy from the crowd was um, sweet, but also kind of intimidating. A question was asked to Mr. Zahn about what role he thought Thrawn would have in the First Order if he had been around. Mr. Zahn's answer surprised many and also added weight to the theory that the Star Wars franchise may be heading in unknown, into the unknown regions of the galaxy. First off, Zahn made it clear that Thrawn is very well aware of the bigger threats that are hidden in regions. That's as specific as he thought. So he didn't outright say, oh, hey, use on Goner. Um, but he said the only reason Thrawn allied himself with the Empire is because he saw their military strength as something up to those forces were. He said if the Rebel Alliance would have had the strength to stand up in the Unknown Regions, then Thrawn would have sided with them over the Empire. Thrawn was clear that, or Zahn was clear that Thrawn would not feel the same way about the First Order. He said that Thrawn would find the likes of General Hux laughable, and that there's no way he would work with Kylo Ren due to Kylo's instability. Snoke did not come up. These weren't necessarily criticisms of the characters, just stating how he feels his characters his care his character would perceive them. Thrawn is all about calculation, so Zahn guesses that Thrawn would have returned to the unknown regions after the fall of the Empire to pursue more stable allies in preparation for the greater threat or threats to the galaxy. Uh but yeah, that's uh it's about it. Talking about um the possibility of Thrawn showing up in episode nine and um, stuff like that. Uh, he talked about Mara Jade again, which he spoke about her before, um, and how she was this kind of designed to push Luke as a character. Um, and the whole, then the fact that she was like supposed to assassinate Luke at Jabba's palace, um, and that we don't know if Mara Jade will ever come back into the canon, but here's hoping. But yeah, interesting stuff. Lots of interesting stuff. Any thoughts on this, Logan and Dan? Um. Well, I really like how they, he kind of talked about like Thrawn, like the under, like the unknown regions and stuff, and how we might have a chance on seeing the use on Vong. And maybe even Thrawn in episode nine, because I feel like, you know, that would be cool. Maybe see like the Yuuzhan Vong and the Chiss, you know, kind of like a little battle or something, or the Yuuzhan Vong team up with the First Order, or it's like the Chiss team up with the Resistance and the Yuuzhan Vong come in and the First Order come in and they're all fighting against each other. It's three factions going at it. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Mr. Zahn's always, always, always got a uh, just like a bazillion irons in the fire at all times. That he's he's always got so much that he that he wants to do. So uh, that man's always see. That's why I, I don't know. I like I love reading his articles, but uh, I don't like reading them aloud because there's always so much that he's he's doing or working on or involved with or you know he's trying to stick this character you know in in this particular scene or something. He's he, he really thinks a lot of stuff out. So I I, I like him. Yeah, that's why his his stories are always you can tell the amount of planning that went into them. Um, He's a good storyteller. I, I give him that. If, if anything else, it's a very good show of faith um, to the old school fame. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello there. Hello. Are, are, are you are you with us? I'm here. Okay. Well, since he's just going to keep cutting out, I'm just going to take over the next one. Uh, now, Dan, you do the deleted scene. Deleted scenes, yay! <laughs> like no joke, dude. Like I, I, uh, uh, I, I like. Every, I'm up to the point to where they just did the heist on the uh, on the train. Yeah. And they they just lost the cargo. the The coaxium is is just and no no shit. I didn't know it would like that. I knew it was volatile, just from from messing around in in Star Wars Battlefront and all that. But to see it take out half of a mountain like that, 
dude, it was ah, epic, <laughs> epic. <laughs> but it looks like Star Wars here uh, has gotten some deleted scenes. It has Han and uh, Kiara uh, running and hiding on Corellia. Corellia. You did not just say Kiara. I'm, I, I'm still trying to actually work out some of the some of the names and things like that because it's new places. Kiara. Kiara. And seeing him with some, uh, another woman other than Leah, or Leah, I'm sorry, dude, I'm just having a shitty day. <laughs> who, who are you, General I feel like I'm just like the, the Imperial officer in the back naming people off, just like completely getting their names wrong on purpose. Uh, but it's, uh, like I said, it's new places for me. It's a, it's a lot of new scenery. It, it's a lot to take in just like in the first few minutes of the movie. So it's, 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 it's really been awesome so far. Uh, but in this new, uh, deleted scene in the, uh, the upcoming home release of the star Wars, uh, solo movie, uh, it has re- uh, been revealed in which has, uh, Han Solo and Kiara, uh, fleeing on foot in Corellia, uh, before their attempt to leave the planet. Video comes courtesy of USA Today and will join several other cutscenes from the film and bonus features in the solo home package. Uh, the scene titled Corellia foot, uh, foot Chase can be wedged in between Han and Kiara's chase and uh, his speeder in the narrow alleyway and their attempt to flee the planet before being separated. Once again, another name that I'm apparently going to completely butcher. What is it? Where? Uh, <clears throat> Alden Ehrenreich. <laughs> uh, there we go. Uh, see, I need my train. I literally have him right next to me. I got a solo poster there, a solo poster there. And I framed magazine with with Alden on it. I like Alden. <laughs> He's a sexy oh, well. bitch. Oh, yes. Evidently, he was uh, he was praised for his uh, his capturing Han's sly charm and wit in the scene that continues uh, that trend that he tries to convince Kira to stay Kira. inside a disguise. Kira, <laughs> I'll get it eventually before it's over, man. I'm going to end up watching that movie at least three or four times. It's pretty good. Uh, dude, it's like I said, like even like graphically, like I, I still hate the whole overuse of CG graphics. I'm I'm one of those guys that I, I love Muppets, I guess. I, I don't know. But but being able to actually know that Yoda's there or, you know, that you can reach out and poke the guy playing, you know, fucking uh, Jar Jar or whatever. Th- those kinds of things are nice to me. That That adds like an element of realism. So the fact that some of the characters are just strictly CG. You know, that just that that in my head just puts some fat guy off to the side with a tennis ball on a pole. <laughs> you know, because we all know that's how it happens now. It's just some fat guy with a metal pole. Oh, oh do I need to come up a little bit? I go down. Well, well how, how tall is this guy? What am I doing? When's lunch? Uh, but uh, he was actually praised for the way oh, that he captures lunch. Han Sly, uh, Sly Charm and Wit in the scene uh, with Kiar. Kira, Kira, damn it! You fucking turd! You're a turd. You just said Kira after we corrected. I love the God I love damn the, it! I love the righteous indignation with Kiar. Like it's Kira. I'm they not say wearing my movie. helmet today, guys. Damn! Oh my god! Jesus! Finish the damn article, Dan. Anyway, she wouldn't stay inside of a damn barrel. Which was like the snake-like creatures nod to Indiana Jones, perhaps, in order to steal a kiss or two. Check out the scene. Of course, it's right below. Hello. Uh, But ABC News, uh, Clayton Sandal recently uh, told our podcast, The Resistance Broadcast, that the promotion for Solo's home release may focus more on the romance between Han and Corrupt. Oh, God. I'm going to keep this up. Kira, damn it! Kira, it's Kira, it's fucking Kira. Jesus H, tap dancing Christ. And with the promotional release of the deleted scenes, he was absolutely right. Sandell uh, <laughs> shared some of uh, some of the bits with me and the crew, so you may want to go back and uh, and give the uh, the episode a listen. Solo: A Star Wars Story will be available for digital download in uh, just eight days of September 14th, following by uh, followed by the 4K Blu-ray release on September 25th. This is where the fun begins. Boy, 
boy oh crap i really wish they would have had this stuff in the film maybe in the home release we'll get like all the like a like a collection of uh deleted scenes that'd be cool to get a little bit more in depth with that uh solo a star wars story see i figured if you'd done like a, a pre-release order or something like that they would have at least given you like a special edition like a like maybe even like a steel book, something like that, something that would have come with like maybe even set pictures and things. Cause usually you expect that kind of thing out of, uh, especially some of this more specific star Wars release, like, uh, like with this one, for instance, a solo story, I actually figured, you know, they would actually have some sort of special edition immediately hit the shelves to those that ordered it early. Yeah. See, I but, the, uh, but it looks as though the, uh, the co-lead editor, uh, John Hoey, and a senior writer for Star Wars News Net and the host of the Resistance broadcast. For my ally is the Force, and powerful ally it is. And it just goes on to say that you know you can check out more uh, at uh, some of the forum uh, forum topics and things like that. The canteen. And there's some nice pictures. But uh, what were you saying, Logan? Uh, yeah, it was... oh. Or whoever at this point. Yeah, I, was say, I think it was I, I Fight. I haven't watched the uh, deleted scenes yet, just as I'm kind of waiting to have the Blu-ray so I can just kind of sit down and consume it all at once. Um, but that scene is in the novel, and it paints like a really vivid picture of like how gross that side of Corellia is. And like the novel goes into like painstaking detail um, to talk about just how rancid Corellia is. Oh my. And just how- I mean, I thought the movie, the movie did a pretty good depiction. I mean, it looked, it, it looked like the shittiest yeah, side of like, New York that you can possibly go to. Like the shitty, seedy, oh, like horrible, like it doesn't matter if the sun is out, it still looks like it's fucking like six o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, know, it's like London. It just always fucking rains. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, you were talking about how, like, where they were, like, all you could smell was, like, either fish or, like, burning metal. Because Yeah, it definitely looked like it was, like, unpleasant smells, sounds. I mean, just everything looked like it was absolute shit. It definitely gave the scene, seeing as how they were, obviously, trying to get out. But, like, even everything around them kind of gave that foreboding. You know, they're definitely in a rush to get the fuck out of this place. Yeah, Corellia is a shithole. Hey. Well, at least part of it is. Part there of it we is go. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> well, what is that, is that home, of, TJ? You, you got a little too close to home there, buddy. The other part of Corelli is like really nice and pretty. The other part of Corelli is like straight up slums. At least we're not Jordan and flirt with your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but so far, so far what I've seen, though, like no shit, like if they don't come out with a with a special edition that kind of has like, you know, the the extra shit, like what you would expect out of a Star Wars movie, you know, completely in-depth like interviews with shit behind the scenes stuff, how they built the sets, how they came up with shit. Like if I don't have commentary, at least I'm going to be mad. I need character development commentary, man. I need it. I'm going to kind of break the fourth wall here for a second. TJ, why did you send a picture of Sam? <laughs> Doesn't, that look good? Doesn't that look good? It looks delicious. It was right? Really it's like perfect. Oh. Like the turkey folded perfectly. You got the, <laughs> oh, they got the lettuce on the... Oh, you got the... You got the cheese, and you got the tomatoes, and then you got, you know, some little jalapeno peppers. <laughs> oh, man. And then you got that sauce, you and then you got the shit to the left. Oh, my God. No ketchup, bro. Sauce. Sauce. The sauce. So, sauce. Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi was made a fortune on physical – has made a fortune on – physical home video formats and is currently the most successful blu-ray of 2018 the number hell yeah has revealed well the numbers has revealed the numbers what else for star the, wars the numbers, the revealed Jedi, the numbers? did they not make a sharknado this year they did <laughs> oh god i don't think this includes it yet in terms of blu-ray and dvd sales and they're respectively at 69 million dollars and 15 million for a combined total of 84 million and over 3.85 million units moved for a frame of reference. The following films are the top 10 most successful video home releases this year. 
Ep 8 making 84 million. Black Panther making 80 million. Coco making 67 mil. Thor Ragnarok, 64 mil. The Greatest Showman doing 47 mil. Uh. Jumanji, 54 mil. Justice League, uh. 48. It, 34 mil. Uh. Wonder, 22 mil. <laughs> uh. Ferdinand, 22 mil. Uh. Some things worth observing here are at the following. Star Wars The Last Jedi has already outsold Rogue One by a million by a million dollars. And has much shorter time frame, six months versus a year and five months. At the rate that things are going, Black Panther will likely outsell Star Wars The Last Jedi by the end of the year because the former release, which went on sale roughly two months after the eighth Star Wars movie hit the shelves, is more recent and thus selling more quickly overall. However, Given that both these movies are selling incredibly well, the Black Panther has out- has performed. Dan, do your kids want to come on here too? I would prefer that they didn't. Okay. Because we can <laughs> they're, hear them. They're being beaten as we speak. Excellent. Oh my fucking. CYS is going to be at your door in three seconds. Black <laughs> Panther. They, well. they are. They are. They're, they are coming in helicopters to retrieve us. <laughs> All expectations across the board. This does not hey, reflect that poorly is on be last really Jedi. <laughs> it is also possible that Avengers Infinity War may surpass The Last Jedi for similar reasons as the domestic run at the box office is very close to Black Panthers. And both films outgrossed the Star Wars installment. Currently, The Last Jedi has made about a Half of the money they came from the Force Awakens Blu-ray and DVD sales. Worth noting that the Force Awakens saw a re-release with extra bonus features and that it has been out of the market for a much longer period of time with sales boosted ahead of the release of The Last Jedi. Sales for physical media are declined overall due to the rise of streaming options, especially since The Last Jedi is available on Netflix for American viewers while The Force Awakens is not doing extense. Exiting license agreement with stars. That should prove to be interesting food for thought, but Disney have four of the highest grossing Blu-ray and DVD items as the market right now. Bode pretty well for the company as Pixar and Marvel Studios continue to be powerhouse brands alongside Lucasfilm. All I can say is uh, they have a whole Star Wars land in Disney World. They don't have Wakanda there. That's all I'm saying. Yet. Ah, no, let's let's cross our fingers. Let's. Oh God. Oh, they already. Is, people have been spotting the Avengers hatches. Uh, I was going to say I'd I'd much prefer to see them do like Avengers towers. So Logan, uh, you want to talk about Kathleen Kennedy getting an award? Sure. The, awards, yay! The nasty person she is. Anyways, hey. Kathleen Kennedy is a fucking saint. You watch your mouth. Kathleen <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy, longtime producer with Amblin Entertainment, co-founder Steven Spielberg, and her husband Frank Marshall, and current Lucasfilm president, is set to receive an award that Star Wars creator George Lucas previously acquired, the Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award, an honorary type of Oscar given to producers with notable bodies of work. The Academy revealed this information through their Twitter page yesterday alongside other announcements. Per Wikipedia, <laughs> the Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award Award God, is given to creative producers whose bodies of work reflect a consistently high quality of motion picture production. It was last given to Francis Ford Coppola. Back Coppola, in you fucking idiot! Oh, <laughs> I knew that one. I knew that. Coppola or Ra? Others who have received this award include influential Hollywood creators like Walt Disney. Cecil B. DeMille. Cecil! 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 Jack L. Warner, Stanley Kramer, Kramer! Robert, Robert Wise, Alfred Hitchcock, Ingmar Bergman, Albert R. Broccoli, Steven Spielberg, Billy Wilder, Clint Eastwood, Warren Betty, and Dino De Laurentiis. As mentioned Gino. earlier, George Gino. Lucas received is this 32nd iteration of this award in 1991. Kennedy will 
be the 40th award winner with her husband, Marshall, receiving the 41st award at the same time. <sighs> Aside from Star Wars, Kathleen Kennedy's credits as a producer and executive producer include, but are not limited to, E.T., the extraterrestrial, Gremlins, the Goonies, the Color Purple, an American Tale, Empire of the Sun, and a whole bunch of other movies. Uh, yeah. Great one. Great one. Oh, I didn't know she. I didn't know she produced Hook. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Roger Rabbit. <laughs> hey, great movie. All right, George Lucas named Kennedy as his successor. Successor, right as he sold Lucasfilm to Disney in 2012. By 2015, Kennedy and Lucasfilm were able to quickly rejuvenate a dormant though still successful movie franchise for a new generation the four star wars movies produced under kennedy's reign as the head of the lucasfilm have grossed upwards of 4.8 billion dollars worldwide with more on the way alongside a fifth planned indiana jones film they need to do back to the future i'm just saying it was robert zemeckis wasn't it yeah Lucasfilm doesn't have any rights on Back to the Future. I don't know why anyone uh, thinks that. Somebody needs to buy that. Well, I'm just saying she she was actually one of the uh, apparently accredited producer on the uh, the Back to the Future oh. original movie. I don't I don't know if it's actually the the series, but she was involved with the first. Movie. <laughs> no, it's just the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that somebody remembers that other than me is is sad. Not as good as the real Ghostbusters. What about what about Ghostbusters? What's <laughs> the ape? Are we done? Are we done here? Are we done? Are we done? What would you learn? Okay, uh, I'm taking Hasbro that. announces their okay. That's I do action figures. <laughs> I do Hasbro. That's mine. <laughs> no, it starts with Hasbro. And we're doing this. Convention-exclusive merchandise is always a big hit with fans and collectors. Anyone can walk into a Target or a Walmart and pick up a figure or take 15 seconds to order something from Amazon. But this is a certain pride and uniqueness that comes from owning something that only a few people in the world ha- will have. And to end, Hasbro has today announced that they will be launching their first ever international convention-exclusive figure. The 6-inch Black Series Han Solo and Princess Leia Organa figures will be available exclusively at our four upcoming conventions in Europe. <gasps> See Kevin's below. The new Black Series figure will feature Han and Leia seen in the Empire Strikes Back. Check out the details on their release from Hasbro below, as well as some of the images and the figures themselves. Star Wars, the Black Series Han Solo, Princess Leia, Organa figures, Hasbro Ages 4 and up on a prox. Retail price, $49.99 euros. It's beautiful. Kids and fans alike, imagine the biggest battles and the missions in the Star Wars saga with new six-inch scale figures from the Black Series with exquisite features and decoration. The series embodies the quality and realism that the Star Wars devotees love. These Han Solo and Princess Leia Organa figures are carefully detailed to look like the characters from Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, featuring premium detail and multiple points of articulation. Including two six-inch figures and four accessories, limited quantities quantities, quantities of the items will be available in select other conventions and may be available on, on select online retailers after the convention and the relevant market, including HasbroToyShop.com, where available good while supplies last. These pictures make me want to buy these. I want to buy these. I want to put You buy them. anything that has an action figure. It's true. Dude, these are, these are really, really nice. They are. They are though. Like, dude, yeah. it looks so cool with my. Uh, it makes me wonder. It makes loop. me wonder if it's actually going to come in that style box though, because if it does, it that's actually pretty badass. It should, because like it's a convention exclusive. Yeah, that's literally what it is. That's literally the packaging. You can see on the bottom left, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Organa. There's like little warning sign. It has the Hasbro thing in the bottom right corner. So I'm pretty sure that's it. That would be an amazing display. Piece. That's that's all I'm saying. That's because that's an iconic scene. Bam, right there. But then again, Black Series is known for that kind of shit. So you half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. Who you call a scruffy-looking? Oh my god, you guys are. Well, make sure if you if you can pick one of these up. I mean, fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jared, Star Wars show this week. What was announced, Cutie Pie? It is loading, and it is here. Uh, it announced that his internet sucked. Yes, it, it, we knew that. Um, <laughs> they announced the Smuggler's Guidebook, and they also had a really nice interview with Sam Witwer. Who's Sam Witwer? Um, 
Sam Witwer voiced um, Maul on in TCW and Rebels and Solo. He also voiced um, uh, Palpatine on TCW, and he did Palp in um, The Force Unleashed, as well as Galen himself. I'm pretty sure he voiced that front too. Yeah, he did. Maul and Palpatine. Funny yeah. story, my first ever Comic Con, I met Sam Whitworth on stage. What? Yep, I didn't know he was going to be at the convention, and I just kind of walked over to his booth. And I was like, oh my god, it's Starkiller. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. actually... Go on. <laughs> no, no, say what you were going to say. Well, I'm probably going to buy the Smuggler's Guide when it comes out, because you all know me. I love the Underworld, and smugglers and bounty hunters and everything so that's gonna be one thing fun I'm fact buy. about logan he's very good at smuggling things in his anus fuck oh, yeah dude. have you ever seen rick and morty 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 yeah. i'm gonna need to put this morty, real far up your butt hole. <laughs> way up your butt i can't put it up mine anymore it's too loose it's <laughs> all <laughs> right out that's what tj's mom said oh okay okay yeah, you can watch uh, Star Wars yeah. show on the Star Wars YouTube page. Yeah, it's a good time. Everybody on there is really funny and nice to listen to. But they interviewed Mr. Whitwer, the former Star Wars movie trivia showdown champion. Nice. And uh, yeah, they announced the Smuggler's Guide, which is to release uh, this coming October. Dan, talk about Ryan Johnson and Ram Bagman. They're working on knives out before the Star Wars. This is uh, before Star Wars is spinoff. Uh, before he makes a return to the galaxy far, far away with his producer partner Ram Bergman for a series of Star Wars spinoff films. Is it Rain Johnson? Ryan Johnson? Ryan. Ryan. Ryan Johnson is going to do a smaller project, a mystery thriller called Knives Out, starring Daniel Craig. And no, it doesn't mean that his uh, his other planned Star Wars movies are canceled. <laughs> Deadline recently shared some details on uh, Ryan Johnson's next project, which is taking advantage of Bond's 25, 20, 25's current uh, production trouble to have Daniel Craig in the lead role that he, he'll film this November. Ugh, sorry, that was just a very, very weird sentence to me for some reason. My brain was like, burr, burr. <laughs> but for some reason, they can't get him to uh, to be in the films in November. For the details about the production of Knives Out, you can check out uh, the article covering further details on Movie News Net. Of course, with Johnson involved in another project, they've already uh, taken a bunch of hot takes of fans speculating that this means that he's exiting his commitment to work on multiple Star Wars spinoffs, even though the article itself explicitly says that these moves, these movies are next on Johnson's to-do list. And he reiterates that uh, sentiments about a week ago, the, that those hot takes are also ignored, ignoring the statements from ABC, a different Disney company, revealing that Johnson's movies, along with another series of movies from the Game of Thrones showrunner David Benoff and D.B. Weiss, are a priority for the studio. Here's the thing. Back when these movies were first announced before the release of The Last Jedi noted, or Johnson noted that he still had projects he was going to work on before the cameras would start rolling for the uh, the first spinoff. And a few months ago, Bergman explained that he did not see filming on the project starting until two years from now at the absolute earliest, which points to Lucasfilm taking their time on the project. As it's, as it stands, it appears as though the company may not prioritize having a star Wars movie every year. If it means that the projects they produce can go forward smoothly. Thus far, Johnson's yeah, The Last Jedi had the... Yeah, I mean, you really can't blame him for, for doing that. Yeah, after the debacle that was so well, I think it's wise for them. Oh, it hasn't been bad so far. See, you, you, you make me disappointed. You don't make me want to watch forward, but I'm gonna anyway. No, the no, movie's no, no, good. The movie's good. Hater. Hater. No, I love the movie. The production was a nightmare, though. So, oh, like as, as I understand, the they had a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I love the movie. I, I'm not hating on it. I'm saying the production was a nightmare. And knowing that the production of Solo was the 
hellhole that it was. The fact that the movie turned out as good as it did is a freaking. You you cut out again there, buddy. Yeah, fucking <laughs> did it again. Solo is good. Production went badly. Solo did we <laughs> know production, production bad. bad. Bad marketing. <laughs> that too. Thus far, Johnson's The Last Jedi has uh, has had the easiest time getting made in the uh, cost-efficient manner from pre-production to final cut than any other Star Wars project that Lucasfilm has ever worked on since Disney bought them out. And that, above all else, is why Lucasfilm are thrilled to work with him again. It's also likely that this, these movies will take fewer resources to create, making these projects lower-risk endeavors. Hopefully, they'll get better ideas of what you expect out of next year's celebration. Anyways, to close things off here, uh, Ryan Johnson commented on the story in the most uh, the most Ryan Johnsony way possible. And of course, it has his uh, his little tweet here on Deadline. Toronto kicks off with hot packages. Daniel Craig star Ryan Johnson directs Murder Mystery, Knives Out, Deadline, and then it gives you like a, a small area to actually go to that specific link. But uh, it looks like he has a lot of stuff in store. Absolutely. Yeah. That's Liddy McTitty, bro. But uh, I am I am surprised that they're they're choosing to go off in, in kind of a spin-off manner. That's that's something I didn't kind of expect with uh with all the new movies and things like that. I kind of figured it would happen just because that's what Disney's known for. But it's surprising that a, a lot of the people still involved with Lucas films decided to go that route. Yeah. I'm excited to just kind of see like, you know, not that I want to get the Skywalker stuff over with because that's what I end the Skywalker saga now. No, no, no. Right now. I'm really excited to see what else they have in store. I mean, I'm kind of with you. I mean, it's it's not that I'm not interested in what's going on with the Skywalker clan and and, and all that. I, I just I would really like to see something else you know some other shit that was going yeah. on during during all this time like what's going on with the bounty hunters what are they doing are they just yeah. standing around hanging out with java i mean come on they can't just be partying all the time i mean what, what the, the fuck are they doing right what was going on on kashik before everybody got enslaved what the fuck were they doing or just standing around jerking it i mean come on there's got to be other shit going on in the universe while all this shit's going on it can't just be you know people standing around waiting to get conquered True. True. Well, well. <laughs> are, are we done talking about that? Yes, I think we yes, are. Yes, we're done. We're done now. Jared, done. take done. away I'm your book review, cutie pie. Awesome. So uh, this week, uh, my review for the solo novelization is on the website. What's the website, um, Jared? Dubacdiscussion.net. Um... Say it again for the deaf amongst us. Dubacdiscussion.net Oh, Uh, Uh, I don't want to spoil too much of the review itself, um, but I quite enjoyed the novelization. It is not the best film novelization um, we've ever got. Uh, Nothing's ever going to top the Revenge of the Sith. But, um... Uh, readers beware it is super slow at the beginning um it does not pick up until han meets beckett and after that the story just moves at a breakneck um the things that i really liked about the book were the fact that um kira's character is expanded upon a lot in that um in the movie i kind of perceived her as being a whore <laughs> Isn't that what she no. She got fucked by Dryden, she got fucked by Han, and now okay. she's getting fucked by a robotic Darth Maul. Well, <laughs> not, well they, in the book, they kind of elaborate that she's more of a. Oh, yeah, put that hard drive in me, Maul. Literally, <laughs> her. Control Alt Delete. Just what, all of what, what is she? <laughs> more of? What is she more of, Jared? Jared. Jared. Hang on, his AOL's got to connect. 
It's a hard okay. knock life. Fuck that oh, then. Uh, apparently, makingstarwars.net has released more pictures from episode nine. It's just one picture. It's a giant fucking rock. I'm uh, a giant fucking. It's rock. it's a rock, guys. It's Watch the out. See the rock. It's, it's from rock. the Black Park set uh, behind Pinewood Studios. The, you know the exotic location. Uh, rumors about the location state that the production wanted to film in Laos initially, but for some reason that, or another, they decided to keep it locally at Pinewood. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's like, we, we talked about this last podcast, like the other pictures that we saw from it. Uh, this is just a new one, really. Uh, a friend suggested that this is a rock from Ock 2, and Luke Skywalker appears as a spirit to Ray in some of his environment is brought along with him. Ooh, that <laughs> might be true. Huh? That's what I was kind of thinking when I first saw this too. I was like, oh, Octo. Yep. Or Octo. I mean, we won't, we won't really know until we actually see the film, so. Yeah, which yeah, is going to be cool like idea. 400 days from now. Is there going to be any movie this December? Or is there just not no. going to be a movie at all? We already got our movie this year with Solo, so we just got to wait <sighs> So this is gonna be a hard knock life, dude. But. For us, uh, we get resistance all novel. fucking winter. What are you talking about? Fuck resistance. Fuck you, you Clone Wars fanboy. Fuck your chicken strips. So wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Logan, you said you did a review on the solo novelization, and you said like the beginning was kind of slow. Jared, no, I, I did. I, yeah. You, oh, you did. I'm sorry. Yeah. You keep yeah, calling yeah. him Logan, and uh, oh, I get you two mixed up because you both is- sound the same. Which How is we both sound the same? It's hilarious here. My brother's name is Logan, so I'm used to getting called Logan. I'm old. Everything but, uh, sounds the same. We all but, we all uh, know you're it's, old. It's really slow at first, but once they meet up with uh, Beckett and his crew, um, it it zooms. Well, it makes me wonder, like what what we were saying before. You know how how well they painted the picture of you know. Uh, how the planet was and how dingy and gross and it, like does it do that actually fairly well in the novelization is that why it, it kind of slow paced because it's kind of setting up all that scenery or it the the exposition the exposition expos, the exposition bits are enjoyable and it's like oh you can really feel the grime of Corellia but like legitimately it goes on like okay so it's more it just kind of over explains the environment and gives you yeah, a little bit yeah, more than what it, you it, really yeah. Yeah, it kind of Tolkien's it. Um, there's like an added scene where like Han is being an idiot and real flat. Okay, cool. Well, that, that, I mean, that makes sense then. My favorite part, uh, like I said, was like how Kira is kind of shown to be this survivor and somebody who is chomping at the bit to kind of take her life back. Um, they also explain... Uh, well, because there's this really cool scene between her and L3, where L3 is asking Kira what her restraining bolt is, and that becomes a reoccurring theme throughout the novel. Is like Kira will start thinking, "What is my restraint? What is the thing that is keeping from being me?" Um, there's a really funny scene where Lando basically tells Chewie, "Hey, you still smell like ass. Go take a shower," and then. <laughs> And then Chewie uses all of Lando's super expensive shampoo and shit. <laughs> like, like, like Lando walks into the bathroom in the Falcon and it's just nothing but just overturned shampoo bottles and the drain is clogged with Wookiee hair. Oh, God. Uh, but I mean, really, if you, if you give, think about it, with all the movies we've seen him in, that's, that's something you can totally see Chewie doing. Absolutely. That's why I loved it. It was so fun. Is that why he um, looks like really clean afterwards? Yeah, yeah, because he used all of Lando's shampoo. <laughs> um, and the fact that like Lando has like different types of shampoo for different things also makes me happy. And it's yeah, because like, that's that's something you yeah. could see him doing too. It's like yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, he's like, oh hey, I'm going to uh, Coruscant today, so I should wash my hair this way. Oh hey, I'm going to Narshada tomorrow. Well, then. um, but the other thing that it explained was. Because uh, everybody was happy and excited about Darth Maul showing up, but also making the fact that he just ran. Wait, Darth Maul shows up? Wait, oh what? my god, does he really? Spoiler! Continue. But 
the <laughs> mall cameo, how he just kind of randomly ignites his lightsaber seemingly for the um they explain they make a point of saying that Kira has only met Maul once, not even uh-huh. so like she has like so she's surprised when the hood comes down and she sees the Zabra. So she's like, Oh, okay. And then she had no idea that he was force sensitive. So when he reaches out with the force, calls the lightsaber to his hands and ignites it, that is him, like, no pun intended, whipping his dick out, showing force. Yeah, like he's he. It's like it's his a hard drive. force. Yeah, he's he's showing off his hard drive. His wicked hard drive, bruh. He's showing off his hard drive, and um, yeah. So there's an actual reason for why he climactically ignites his lightsaber. <laughs> climactically, but, yeah. But yeah, all in all, the novel it's a solid novelization. Um, it's the if you listen to the audiobook, which I did, um, the person, the voice they use for whenever uh, Tobias Beckett is speaking is hilarious. Um, because it's like it it sounds like somebody doing a Woody Harrelson impression. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's just like you gotta remember, kid. It's just like, I sound like. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Woody Harrelson not in Solo? He is. He's Beckett. Okay. Yeah. I I, I was just making sure that I didn't just randomly imagine that because I saw that and I was like, "You're in everything now." For real, yeah. All he's missing is being in a Marvel. Well, Um, I think he has a bucket list of just shit he's going through. He's like, "I'm going to be in this, this, this." Twenty says he shows up in an Indiana Jones movie. I'm just saying. I wouldn't mind that. I would I would totally be okay with it. But Absolutely. yeah, it the novel's good. Um I rated it fairly well. I believe I get I gave it a seven and a half, eight website. Yeah, I gave well, it I'm sure that made TJ happy. TJ will have to get a copy, I'm sure. <laughs> I have the last Jedi He'll organization. Sleep. He'll be sleeping with that and his DVD of solo. Yes, every night for the rest of my life. <laughs> Well, uh, we're going to cut sh- the, the show off there. Uh, I know we got a couple more things to talk about, but we'll, we'll just do that next week. Uh, we are running pretty late <laughs> over what we normally do. But anyway, uh, uh, let's do some advertising. Let's do the business thing. Remember to like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram by searching Dubac Discussion. Uh, search on YouTube for Dubac Discussion and look at our weekly live streams. You get one or two a week, depending on how active Dan is. Also, <laughs> be sure to check iTunes, Blueberry, SoundCloud, amongst other podcast databases for this podcast. But you're already listening to it, so you found it anyway. Also, listen to Bantha Babble podcast, uploaded every Sunday. Yeah, you they try. They try. Shut uh, up. On the dobackdiscussion.net. And go to dobackdiscussion.net, your source for everything Star Wars, to keep up to date. On everything Star Wars. Uh, also, our friends at the Ghost of the Stratosphere podcast will be releasing an episode today. Go check them out. Also, uh, but as always, may the force be with you. And that's TJ Bowser signing off. Jared. And this is Jared, the Dark Jedi, signing off. May the force be with you. Dan the Man, signing off. And Jug the Rogue, signing off. Why don't you say getting off anymore, buddy? Because I fucking learned what you guys are laughing about. And I was like, oof, that's rough. And now I don't say that anymore. Oh, my. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Come in. Logan's mom. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>